0: Chatting with speaker and author Brian Katie, who teaches a method of self-inquiry known as the work. She is also the founder of Brian Katie International, an organization that includes the School for the Work and Turnaround House in California. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Mija. So tell me, Katie, what exactly is the work?
1: Well, it's a way to identify and question the thoughts that cause all the suffering in our lives. So it's uh, it's very simple. It's uh, we identify what we're thinking that is causing the stress, and we question it using four simple questions. And it's a beautiful thing because it doesn't require a teacher. It requires you know just just one person sitting alone with themselves. And we have facilitators all over the world in Ireland and um, many other countries.
0: And what's the point of the four questions, Katie?
1: Freedom, freedom from stress, freedom from, from um, the things we're believing that cause even like heart attacks and high blood pressure and, and arguments in our, in our families and um, with our children and the argument that goes on very often with ourselves.
0: And how does the work do that, Katie?
1: Well, for example, if I had the thought, um, maybe I'm uh, I'm talking with someone and and they seem unkind to me, and I have the thought they're unkind, and I um, notice how how that affects me. You know how distant I become to that person. So let's say if I were to question that, I would ask myself that person is unkind, is it true? And I would do it later, you know, sitting alone with myself. Is it true that person was unkind? And then I would ask myself just to get still and notice how it felt when I believed that thought and what happened to our relationship the moment I believed that thought. And then I would invite myself just to notice that situation again in my mind's eye As I said in this question, who would I be without that thought? What would I be without that thought? And then as I sit in that conversation with that person, I'm able to hear what they were saying. Even though I was unable to hear it then maybe, I can hear it clearly now because I'm not so threatened right now or separate right now. And then I turn the thought around. They were unkind turned around. They were kind. So now I began to, in my mind's eye, just stay in that situation with the person the way that that I was at the time. And just, you know, just notice, just listen very generously. Listen to that conversation again. What did they say that was kind? Now, maybe they said there was something wrong with me. That doesn't sound kind, but when I contemplate that, it's like, you know, where am I unkind? Where is it that I was being unkind in the moment? So if I can find that, let's say it's true I was. If I can find that, then, then I'm, you know, I'm grateful to that person because they're pointing something out to me I was totally blind to. Now, that's that sounds a little complicated to some of your listeners. And the, the first hand experience is what's valuable. And people can always find that on YouTube or um, thework.com, where the work is all the instructions are there and they're free. Or they can find one of the certified facilitators in the area.
0: I know, Katie, you talk about turnarounds in the work as well, but is there a reason why people can't go straight to the turnaround?
1: Well, you know, I don't go straight to the turnarounds because my ego would grab it and uh, eventually really hurt me with it. Like, uh, he's unkind, turned around, I'm unkind. Oh, I'm a terrible person. Yeah, I already know that about myself. Yeah, I'm unkind and I'm worthless. And, you know, it it can... Happen like that without the four questions. It's, um, this is a very gentle process. It's a kind process. And it is, it is a way to wake ourselves up to reality, not just another way to hurt us. But if I'm in that situation, when I turn it around, when I turn on around, he's unkind to me, and I turn around, I'm unkind to me, then. And, and I began to just notice, where was I unkind to me in that situation? You know, well, I didn't listen to him. I was judging him. I was judging him of being unkind. I stopped even hearing, really, what he said, even though I heard it. I wasn't taking it in. I wasn't being generous in my listening. So... Um, words that there's a huge difference between only turning things around or inquiring before we turn it around.
0: How does the work help a person change a belief from, say, like, you know, a theoretical level to a more experiential level?
1: Well, by actually sitting in it, giving the process, um, um, just giving yourself the opportunity to experience the work. And, and it's a very radical process for people who are really interested in the end of suffering, the end of, of war within themselves. You know, we have so much trouble shutting our minds up. You know, that's what a lot of, <laughs> that's what medication is um, very much about and very often about. And the work really has the ability to um, to show us clearly the cause of our
0: suffering. And what is the cause of our suffering?
1: We're believing our thoughts. We're believing our stressful thoughts, the thoughts that would oppose reality, the thoughts that would oppose the way things really are. And, and the mind has trouble, the ego has trouble adjusting to that, but it doesn't matter what we think or believe, it is what it is, when it is, and there's nothing the mind can do about it but go to war with it and that leaves us in the position of, of 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 a lot of chaos. You know, war is not a friendly state of mind. It's not a friendly state.
0: How much do you think our story affects the relations we have in our lives?
1: Well, you know, completely, completely. You know, we are, um, everyone is who we believe them to be. They can never be more or less our children, our partners, our husbands, wives, our next door neighbors. We believe our thoughts about them and we think that's who they are. We really believe it. It's as though we're in a hypnotic trance. But if we have a problem with our neighbor or someone in our family, we can always write a worksheet. It's a judge your neighbor worksheet and it's at com, and it's in loving what is and it's um, free of charge. And we can put our thoughts down, fill in that worksheet with our thoughts about our neighbor, and then get very still, sit down, and begin to question what we're believing about our neighbor. And that changes the way we see our neighbor authentically. There's no trick here. We begin to see our neighbor differently, and we see them in a whole new light. And the neighbor that we had trouble even, even saying hello to that turns it around, and and we become good neighbors when we appreciate the neighbor next door, and that's the power that um, that we have within us. It it we all have the power within us to to change the world, and by that I mean the world as we understand it to be, the world as each of us believe it to be. You know, the world is not um, there's war all over the world, and and. You know, I just deal with the one in my head, that world, and um, I have found a much kinder world, and I and and I hear that from hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people across this planet, and in in different languages and conditions of life conditions, and it, it works for everyone if their mind is open to it.
0: You just talked about loving what is, in other words, like loving reality, Katie, but is this really possible in all circumstances?
1: Well, you know, um, I invite everyone to test it for themselves and, and see. And for me, um, you know, I'm still testing it, and so far, so good. And I've been doing that for almost 30 years now, and I haven't found an exception, all. But I'm I'm still looking, (laughs) you know. I I have this I have this um, I have this this inquiring mind, and I really want to know the truth. And you know what's true and what's not for me. And every time I question any negative thing I believe about someone else, it changes my perspective, whether it's true or not. What I'm believing about them, it changes my perspective to sit in this process radically. It changes all my relationships, and I still, you know, I I, I still really um, can never know if people uh, how people see me, but the important thing is how do I see people.
0: In regards to your own experience when you were in a halfway house, how did your relationships change as a result of that experience?
1: Well, it went from um, it went from a fearful world to the extreme opposite, and for the um, other participants at that um, in that um, residential environment. They they were they saw a person they were afraid of, fearful of, and then they discovered a person that they really, really cared about, and so my personality just it, it did a it it, it did a, a turnaround. It was a radical shift.
0: And how did that come about?
1: Well, you know, I was on I was lying on the floor and I was sleeping, that's where I slept nights because I I was, uh, my self-esteem was so low I didn't believe I even deserved a bed to sleep in. I was so full of self-loathing. And as I lay sleeping on that floor on um, the next morning um, as I lay sleeping, a cockroach called over my foot and I opened my eyes and, and it was the experience of, of no identity. It was, it was very odd. The important thing, this radical thing that happened, the value of what happened is, I saw clearly that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. But when I questioned my thoughts, I didn't suffer. And I've come to see that this is true for every human being.
0: In regard to your own relationship with your own mother, Katie, that you used the work as a way to change that relationship, but how did you do that?
1: Everything I believed about my mother through our entire lifetimes together I was forty three years old, so I had forty forty three years to, to look back on anything that I disagreed with her about any um, any um, any stressful thing I was still holding about my mother, I would fill in a Judge of Worksheet. You know, I put it together in the first place, composed it, and filled it in. And again, that's free on thework.com. And I would question every thought about my mother that I put on the worksheet, until I could really see my mother. You know, this loving, caring human being that had never hurt me. It's what I was believing about her and what I was believing about me that was the cause of my suffering. And what I learned from that, Michal, is that, that it's not the world that is the problem. It's what I'm believing about the world that is the problem. And this is very powerful because my experience is that it, it leaves it leaves the world with no power to hurt me. And it's what I'm believing about the world that hurts me. So, you know, I'd like to say that no one can hurt me, that's my job. And and I know what to do with that hurt. Identify what I'm thinking at the time and, and I write it down, and I work it.
0: And Katie, like if people love what is, say for example, a father's abusive behavior, which say they're a child and say goes unchecked, like sometimes like this might seem wrong from my perspective, but like do you not think there might be exceptions to the rule, or, or is there?
1: Oh, I just think that 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 not only children but all of us. We think what we think, you know, that's, we just do. No one can stop themselves from from thinking or believing, you know, children of all all ages, we all do it. It's just that, are we believing what we're thinking? Are we believing it? So we can always question it. You know, Socrates said that an uninvestigated life is not worth living. And it seems that I stumbled onto that, and it's true for me.
0: You haven't spoken much about your father, Katie. How was your relationship with your father?
1: Well, you know, my father was very quiet, and we got along very well, and he... Um, he didn't talk much, and he let my mother um, run the family. Really, you know, raise the children, and he worked. And it was it was like that, but he was never cruel. Um, he was never mean that I can recall, and I know that he um, he liked alone time, and he liked quiet, so we rather he had a job, Mihal, that kept him away on uh, more often than not. He was very dedicated to his job. He was an engineer on the railroad, so he had very odd hours. And so um he was he was gone a lot And when he was home, you know, these odd hours, he would be maybe if he got in at 2 a.m. in the morning or 6 a.m. in the morning, he would sleep that day. So these odd hours, you know, running trains back and forth. So um, no wonder he wanted quiet. He worked very, very hard.
0: (laughs) And I know that you mentioned there through the work that, that everything the other person does make me angry is my problem but like do you think that other person may have some responsibility for their behavior as well Katie?
1: Well you know I leave that for the other person to determine I'm just I'm responsible for mine and I noticed that I can't change people I can't change what they think or believe or what they do and so I continue to change the one person I can change and that's me You know, am I kind? Am I understanding, even to people who seem to be unkind? And that's a challenge and one worth taking on.
0: And like I know you say that thoughts are not our enemies and they are our friends, but why should we see thoughts as friends when thoughts can cause us stress?
1: Well, thoughts are the only guidance we've got. So if we don't love our thoughts, how can we love... How can we love what we see? Because what we believe, what we're thinking about something is, is um determines how we see it.
0: And then, you know, for example, say if the, if a person had a thought that my partner doesn't love me and they really upset me, like how could they turn around that for themselves?
1: Well, my partner doesn't love me. And I'm thinking of my husband right now. My partner doesn't love me, is it true? And I contemplate that. Can I absolutely know that it's true? He doesn't love me. And I contemplate that. And I see him, he's, I'm walking out the door for this interview and he says, stop a minute and he gives me a kiss. And I say, bye honey, I'll see you later. He loves me, can I absolutely know that it's true? and i contemplate that as i witness that image of us saying goodbye this morning and how do i react when i believe the thought he doesn't what what was it he doesn't care about me he doesn't love me so he doesn't love me how do i react when i believe the thought and then i notice and i notice there's a distance I notice he's just, you know, I see him as he's just trying to make me feel better by, by acting interested. And you can see, if I believed he doesn't love me, how I begin to distort a simple interaction where he wants to happily kiss me goodbye. But let's say if I'm believing he doesn't love me, I distort that into, oh, he's just trying to to get on my good side, Um, he feels guilty. Can you see where this is going? My mind twists just this simple event and I'm feeling separate and alone and misunderstood and used. and, And so then I would look at, you know, through that fourth question and the last question, who would I be in that situation, kissing him goodbye? Who would I be without the thought, he doesn't love me? I'd be present. I see his eyes and his face. I see his smile. It's really beautiful without the thoughts I put on that. So then after I see that, I turn it around, he doesn't love me, turn it around, he does love me. So I find examples in that situation, well, he wanted to kiss me, well, you know, I just noticed he was smiling, he cared enough to drop his work and say goodbye to me, even leave his work and catch me at the door. So I entertain that turnaround. And then he doesn't love me, another turn around, another opposite would be, I don't care about me. Yes, I can see that clearly. I don't care about me. I was believing this thought prior to investigation. And the emotions I felt, you know, really directed me to that information. There's something off here. And I'm not loving myself. So I am now. I'm looking at at that situation, which happens every time we sit in inquiry. So he doesn't love me, and um, so those turnarounds are very powerful. Sometimes there are two turnarounds. Sometimes there's only one. Sometimes you'll see four or five, and that uh, all make more sense than the original thought that we put on paper to question for example he doesn't love me
0: how does the work say happen in parenting worked in say for example if a person's son does not put his shoes on in the morning and they're late for school how could the work change that
1: well you know i tell a story in loving what is about my my children leaving their socks on the floor, their laundry on the floor every day, you know, they would go off to school and their rooms would be just disastrous. (laughs) And, and, and and I think, why don't they pick up their socks? They should pick up their socks. You know, if they really cared about me, they would pick up their socks. And so I questioned when the work found me, they should pick up their socks. Is it true? Well, no, there they are. How do I react when I believe the thought they should pick up the socks? Do you see how I'm arguing with reality? There they are on the floor. How do I react when I believe the thought they should pick up their socks? I become furious sometimes. I become depressed. I become separate from my children. I begin to feel like they don't care about me, like I'm only here to be the the laundry cook person. Now, who would I be, that fourth question, who would I be without the thought as I'm looking at the socks on the floor, who would I be without the thought they should pick up their socks? Well, I'm just seeing socks on the floor. i am just seeing socks on the floor. It's not good, it's not bad. I'm just seeing without my story. I see it. And I go around and I begin to notice other things, just notice, and then I find turnarounds. They should pick the socks, they should put the take the socks off the floor, turn around, I should pick the socks up off the floor. And so I just followed the simple directions. I followed the directions that I wanted them to do. I thought I'd just try it on myself. If they're not doing it, who's left? So I picked the socks up on the floor just following that simple direction that turnaround and there was so much joy in it it was a whole different experience where i picked it up with resentment before i was free and every time i would pick it up the floor was less cluttered and less cluttered and less cluttered and it was amazing so you know it was as though they kept leaving them on the floor so i could discover something really important and that is that I am the one that can make me happy. You know, that's my job to make me happy. It's not their job. And I saw how I'd been using them to feel better. And I was discovering that I had that power within myself. And then another turn around, they should pick up their socks. They should not pick up their socks. Okay, so the evidence was there, right in front of my face. That's the way of it. That's reality in the moment. It doesn't mean it's not going to change, but that's how it is right here, right now. So I ended the war with reality. So, so it's, it's like that. It's just, it's really, it's really, you know, self-inquiry is, it's very powerful. You know, it, it can bring us peace where no one else in the world can. We, can, we have the power to bring ourselves peace.
0: And Katie, how do you think we could use the work as a way to overcome, say, injustice and poverty in the world?
1: Well, you know, I want to, uh, by ending our own poverty and finding justice within ourselves and the way we treat the world and other people and, and situations in our life, That's huge, that's one less person to cause chaos. It's not a little thing. You know, when we're feeling angry or upset, just, you know, we have no idea how many people we affect. And when we're at peace and we're helpful and we're in service and we're kind, we're leading kind lives the amount of people we affect is, it's, again, you know, it's, it's no small thing. And there are two ways to live our lives and one is in reality, you know, out of our true nature. And the other is to notice when we're not and to identify what we're believing in the moment and write it down and then when we have time, just create that space where we can be still. And get our lives in order again from the inside, from the inside out.
0: So I suppose the best way to understand the work is with a demonstration, Katie. And on the line we have Ursula, who has something she wants to work with. Hello, Ursula. Hello, Mihal. Good to be here. That's great, Ursula. So what I will do is I will leave uh, yourself and Katie uh, be together there for a very short, say, ten or fifteen minutes, and you can just do a, like a demonstration of the work if that's okay.
1: Thank you. Hello, Katie. Hello, Ursula. Good to hear your voice. Good to be here, Katie. And
2: this is a situation that recurs and it's quite likely to occur tomorrow evening as well. (laughs) And I really want to get it cleaned up.
1: Okay, so let's take a a look at it together.
2: So the situation is that uh, it's a couple of weeks ago, a Friday evening, and I've just driven three and a half hours to look after my mother, who's had a stroke. She had a stroke a few years ago. So the stressful moment is at 7 o'clock. I open the living room door and I say hello to my mother. She's sitting over by the window. She's talking to the carer and she doesn't look up or respond.
1: So will I go ahead and read my worksheet? And she's talking to who? A carer. You oh, know, a someone car- who can... Caregiver. Caretaker. Yeah, caregiver. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, so, so statement number one. And for those of you listening to this, there are six statements on the Judge Your Neighbor worksheet, and Ursula has filled those in. So we'll look at the first one, and that just really describes a situation. So, Ursula, what did you write? I'm hurt by my mother because she doesn't care about me. Okay, and... And Ursula, your mother doesn't care about you. Is it true? In that situation, as you walk at the door, you say hello to her, and she doesn't acknowledge it. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. She doesn't care about you. Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true she doesn't care about you? Yes. Can you absolutely know that it's true she doesn't care about you? Notice how you react. How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought?
2: I feel wounded, hurt. I'm stunned. I very quickly move to resentment. And I see images from my journey. I see me driving. I see me stopping to get petrol. I see the cost of the petrol, 85 euro, so I, I really resent my mother.
1: Yes. So as, I, as you experience that, look at your mother with the caretaker. Mm. You're standing at the door. So look at her without the thought that your mother doesn't care, that she doesn't care about you. mm yeah. So for your listeners, you know, it's all about just witnessing that without you know, just dropping the mental narrative and just seeing it. Just just seeing her mother without the thought she doesn't care about her. So what do you see, Ursula, without the thought she doesn't care about me? I see my mother.
2: Animated in conversation, I I feel a softness around us. It's like looking at a child playing, and uh, it's a really nice way to see her. Yeah, I feel very warm.
1: It's a nice way to see her. Yes. Can you can you, um, can you you find a turnaround? Yeah. I find a turnaround to myself. I don't care about me. Yes, so in that moment, where is it you were not caring about you?
2: Well, I have this big, wounded feeling. And I very quickly moved to blaming her, and I I've lost connection with myself. Mm. I, can't, I can't
1: connect with that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Can you find another turnaround? I don't care about her. Yes, so well, what do you notice about that?
2: Well, that's more true. I, I want a woman who's had a stroke. <laughs> to, to stop what she's doing and stand up and salute me. I have uh, I have arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Mm, thank you, honey. So let's look at statement two. Uh, what do you want in that situation? As you're standing in the doorway, your mother with the caretaker. She's not acknowledging you. What do you want? in that moment in time?
2: I want her to say hello to me. I want her to look like she's glad to see me. I want her not to ignore me.
1: So now as you witness her, you want her to say hello to you. Is it true? As you witness that image of her with her caretaker? yeah. No. So notice how you react when you believe the thought, I want her to say hello to me.
2: Oh, I'm really angry at her. I blame her. I become very demanding. I, it's like I'm stamping my foot and uh, I puff up. I get very puffed up, very self-important. Mm. uh all frustrated. frustrated. And then I don't know what to do. I'm powerless. Yeah, I'm like a little tin pot general. I'm all
1: puff. (laughs) And nothing's happening. So Ursula, look at your mom. Who would you be without that thought? I want her to say hello to me. That's my mother.
2: And I really feel I'm saying hello to her exactly as she is without pulling out of her. Mm. It feels really authentic. Unusual.
1: (laughs) Authentic. Yeah. So turn it around. I want me to say hello to me. So tell me about that.
2: Wow. It's like a very old, long-abandoned part of me that's just shown up. And I really wanted to go away. You know, I want my mother to fix things so I don't have to look at this part of me. (laughs) So here it is. So it's an opportunity just to take a breath and say, hello, here you are.
1: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, it's like coming back home to yourself, saying hello to you. (laughs) Yeah three and a half hour drive to get back to me Yeah. (laughs) Mm. so can you find another turnaround another opposite I want her to say hello to me
2: I want me to say hello to her well that's like really welcome the authentic way she's showing up she is so comfortable here she's not even going to acknowledge me and to welcome that that's it's what's here, and when I say hello to her in that way, I feel something opening, like there's something here for me.
1: Yeah, Yeah, like just to say hello to her the way she is, and she responds yeah. or not, and that's Mom. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I
2: can find I don't want her to say hello to me as well. There's something here for me. Mm. I, I, I get to see how I'm putting on this big act of saying hello. And I, I'm a bit tired here when I come in after the drive. And I, I like I turn up the dial with a big sunny smile. It's just not authentic. <laughs> and I can see my mother showing me, she's so comfortable, she's not going to do that. And that's what I need just to see that.
1: And just to follow <laughs> her lead and be just as relaxed. <laughs> that is a relief. <laughs> mm. oh, yeah. That's so powerful. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So you want her to um, look like she's glad to see you. You want her to be glad to see you. Is it true? And how do you react when you believe the thought? Oh, apoplectic,
2: angry, fired up, demanding, needy, oh, going to a little spiral. I completely leave myself. I see myself from the caregiver's perspective, I feel embarrassed. Mm. Yeah, I'm lost again. I'm all over the place, and, and, and I've left myself. I've left.
1: You know, it's just—it's so. This work never ceases to amaze me. How how it exposes our silly, wonderful, innocent selves, and how we just we can just say hello and and spin out in our heads, and no one would ever know it because we. You know, even though you feel puffed up, you know it's it's the way you described it it's it's not necessarily seen from the outside, and we think, "Oh, what a cool, calm, collected daughter <laughs> <laughs> but this you know this is it's it's just such an incredible experience to sit in this inquiry and 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 watch the ego be exposed and and that it it shifts our entire experience and it it really helps with our next visit to our
2: mothers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, to, I'm getting a
2: glimpse of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and other people that don't say hello to us. You know when we mm-hmm. want them to to do that on command <laughs> on mm-hmm. our own on our whim. Mm-hmm her own whims. So, you want her to look glad to see you, turn it around?
2: I want me to look glad to see her.
1: Yeah, authentically. What does that mean to you? I want me to look glad to see her. Well, just realizing whether she means it or not, this is for me.
2: It feels like an enormous charade suddenly that she's really having to do this so emphatically that I get it mm. so I feel very glad that she's ignoring me <laughs> Just just find that yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: and then I notice I can come back for myself it's not about her mm. this brings me back to myself so very glad to see my mother to see her do this for me and mm. it points me back to me yes. I-, I feel enormous love just realising that
1: So turn it around to yourself. I want me to... Be glad to see me. So what does that mean to you in that situation as you look at it now? Well, there's a little, a little small me that's somehow snagged
2: on getting my mother's appreciation. And just to see that, not try and cover it up, but just gather it up and... I don't really have the space in that moment. I can see that it's there, but it's something that I can take away later mm-hmm. and really sit with. Yeah, here's a part of myself that I've been blind to, and now I'm awake. Yeah, yeah. And I and I, I'm only in the door, and I can feel that I've got what I've come for this weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worth the, worth the. Eighty-five euro petrol. gives us our life back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't want. I don't want really to look glad to see me. What does that
2: mean to you? Well, it could be false. I'd miss. I'd actually miss the point of this. It would be feeding something in me that is seems to be insatiable. This big puffy thing that just wants everybody to stand up and salute it. Yeah. So I don't want that. It's not me, yeah. and it's not giving me anything. It's pointing me the wrong way, away from myself,
1: and away from her. Yes. So let's move to um to statement three. Hmm. Oh, 3 is about direction, those of you listening it's a, it's it's about um, advice, and so when we 're filling it out, we look at the situation and and, as Ursula has done, my mother should or my, my mother shouldn 't so we're going to give her advice that would give us what we wanted in that situation. So what advice would you offer your mother in that situation, Ursula? She should notice how bad she feels when she ignores me.
2: She should see how her behavior hurts me. And she should see it it takes very little to get the weekend off to a good start. (laughs) Mm.
1: Mm. So in the interest of time turn that around to yourself and see if it makes more sense. We've, <clears throat> those of us listening have pretty much caught up enough to know that um, that we can sit with that and question each one of those. But in the interest of time, turn it around to yourself and see if that advice works better that way.
2: Mm. I should notice how bad I feel when I ignore me. Yeah, yeah, I go into a tailspin. And also I feel bad when I ignore my mother as she is. I miss this, yeah. I just miss
1: this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, should, yeah. It's, it's then so I should so see. We can say hello because that's our heart's desire and at the same time expect nothing in return. It's about us greeting this amazing woman that we're so in touch with through this work and, and remain in touch with.
2: I should see how my behavior hurts me. Oh, yeah. I started all feeling hurt, and by the end, I'm angry, frustrated, resentful, embarrassed. I'm just really suffering. Yeah. And I should say, it takes very little to get the weekend off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, just pause and
1: come home to myself. Yeah, just say hello, expect nothing back, and, and be in the presence of this amazing woman you've come so far to see. Mm. Yeah, I get that. So, where's to turn the whole thing around to? She shouldn't, and and let's all experience what that might look like in that situation <laughs> with my yeah. mother. So she shouldn't
2: notice how bad she feels when she ignores me. Well, I don't even know if she knows that. Yeah. Never mind how she feels. She could be just talking about something really
1: interesting. With her caretaker. her caretaker, <laughs> her caretaker yeah. and that's quite likely. Yeah. So she should not notice how badly she feels when she ignores me. Because we, no. we really don't even know if she's ignoring you or not. We don't even know if she's aware of you or not. Yeah, that's true. And she shouldn't see
2: how her behavior hurts me. Well, From where she is in the chair, she can't actually see me. She needs to move her head to see me, so that's not possible. And there may be no behaviour here at all anyway. So that's not making it possible either.
1: Is she just talking with her caretaker? Yeah, this is all going on in my head. Yeah. And also, you know, they trust us for such unconditional love after what they've given all their lives that they think we know them by now. <laughs> <laughs> she should not see how her behavior hurts me. That's that's oh, for us wow. to take care of. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, wow, well, she
2: really has to repeat this one for me. yeah (laughs) yeah and she shouldn't say it takes very little to get the weekend off to a good start well she seems to be getting the weekend off to a good start she's having a great conversation with the caretaker (laughs) (laughs) Notice so interesting she doesn't
1: hear me coming in the door
2: yeah hmm
1: or so trusting in your in your love that she doesn't have to do any of those things.
2: Oh, I could really learn from that.
1: Yeah, I think we all could.
2: I would love that just to, just to be able to relax my face and yeah. look tired and just feel as I feel. Yeah, would be wonderful. Yeah. Okay, and the next one. I need her to give me her full attention. I need her to treat me with respect. I need her to be loving towards me. And the next one. In this moment, she's rude, uncaring, harsh, ungrateful, selfish, and imperious.
1: Yeah. So I hope all of you listening to this are really in touch with how our minds are. You know, all this is going on. We don't even know it. All we know is, my mother upsets me. Why do I drive all this distance when she doesn't care enough to even say hello? It's, it's, you know, it's like we don't show and obviously... Ursula, you love your mother and and you, you really demonstrate that. But these thoughts that are running through your head run through all of our heads. And we either believe them or we experience frustration and separation and resentment. And you have so you're so articulate about the way all of our minds work in just a Just a a moment at the door, all of this happens. So for all of you listeners, we're just breaking this down. You know, we're just... Ursula has gotten very still with this Judge Your Neighbor worksheet, and she's identified the thought she was thinking at the door that caused a separation from her mother, that caused a resentment, that caused discomfort. And that can carry through a whole weekend if we don't if we don't understand how to take care of it. And so um, for all of you caretakers out there, and Ursula, that's what you are. You know, you're Mm -hmm. in in that situation. You're caring for your mother because we can't pay for or afford or to hire these people to do this. And so there's so much depending on it. And even if that's not there, you know, they want to see us, we want to see them. So there is a way of doing it. We identify our thoughts and question them so that we love everything we are, everything we do, and everyone we see. and And Ursula, would you, would you continue this um, interview um, with Michal and mm. um, as I have to hang up now? And I can't tell you how touched I am being with you, Ursula, and that you are a certified facilitator and you're available to people in Ireland and all over the world for that matter. I, um, Ursula is, is um, listed at the um, when you go to Certified Facilitators, you can find her contact number. And Michal and Ursula, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this wonderful process. And and is that good with you, Ursula? That's great with me, Katie. And oh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Katie. Oh, thank you. You're
1: welcome, Michal.
0: Bye-bye. 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 Bye. Thank you. <laughs>